Yeah, I'm the kind of man wouldn't harm a mouse. But if I catch somebody breaking in my house, I got a 12-gauge shotgun waiting on the other side. So don't go pushing me against my will. I don't want to have to fight you, but I darn sure will. So if you don't want trouble, then you better just pass me on as far as I'm concerned, there ain't no excuse for the raping and the killing and the child abuse. And I got a way to put a hand to all that mess. You just take them rascals out in the swamp, put them on their knees and time to a stomp. Let the rattlers and the bugs and the alligators do the rest. Well, you know what's wrong with the world today? People done gone, put their Bibles away. They're living by the law of the jungle, not the law of the land. Yeah, the good book says so I know it's true. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You better watch where you go. Remember where you've been. That's the way I see it. I'm a simple man. Simplicity. So today is uh, Cinco de Mayo, the 5th of May, 2021. Simplicity is always appreciated. I think even in science, simplicity is very important. And people like to overcomplicate things like health, like policies, like truth, <laughs> like science and physics and math and biology, cellular biology, time travel, existence, anything People like to overcomplicate things. And, you know, back in 2018, I had um, a friend. He's uh, down south. His name is Mike. Amazing human being. And the one thing, as being a new listener to Tori Says when I started, he kept asking, uh, you know, you keep saying the word parsimonious, parsimony. And I said, yeah, the simplest answer is usually the right one. And that's Occam's razor, of course, right? But it is. There are so many times in my life that people have provided me complicated issues, apparently complicated issues, and we need a solution. We need to get to this. We need to get to that end. We need to fix this. We need to fix that. And it's kind of like, hold on a second. Why are you making it more complicated than it needs to be? And that's what we're seeing. Everything seems very complicated when it's quite simple, that is, in, in all facets, especially our politics. Because if the veil is pulled, the curtain has now risen, and people can actually see because their eyelids have lifted. It's, uh, it's pretty simple. It's simple. What is it that they seek? What is it that they want? There are many reasons as to what they want. But what is it that they seek? From our great nation, what is it that they want? Do they want your children, you? What they want is power. And to control you, I've said, be very aware that you're supposed to be consumers, but you are being consumed. And it's not going to the more detrimental sides of things, on, cons on being consumed. But think about it. You're told what to buy, what to eat, how to walk, how to talk, how to think, how to read, how to entertain yourself by those that are making money 
on you choosing that entertainment. But the question is, are you choosing or are you forced to choose? Uh, this morning I had a bit of technical difficulty, not because something was super dubious, but because my daughter and my puppies were leaving this morning, I started late on booting things up and every single time because of, you know, the open system I use, I have to ensure that other things that are in closed systems aren't. So it took me a while. So I apologize for the 10 minute delay. I'm quite saddened that my my child, well, both my children, he's going to be my future son-in-law, which, you know, he put a really, really awesome scope on my AR, and that was beautiful. I mean, <laughs> that is beautiful. And, um, you know, they're on their way. My puppies had gotten groomed, um, and Zeus just looked amazing and happy. So, um, I, you know, I've had, this was my Mother's Day weekend, I guess. It was awesome. Um, I just thought I'd I'd share that with you guys. Uh, I can't wait for her to uh, finish up. She's got one more semester to get her math degree. And, you know, hopefully they can come closer to where I am, which I'm excited. So um, it's the 5th of May. Mm, It's quite interesting. The 5th of May. That's so weird that it's already May, 100 days have been out and dusted, and what did you see yesterday? You saw a president, right? Supposed president, right? That comes out and tells the population that he must bribe American citizens to take a vaccine. It's bribery. It's actually illegal. It's very illegal. We have sued Many companies in the past, I, I, when I wrote that article about, uh, you know, show me your papers and get a free donut is something the Nazis would say a couple weeks ago, it was very important because if people paid attention, there was a case there that you can pull up with the DOJ and it's a Walgreens bribery, healthcare, um, fine. Just look at it like that. The department of justice has actually sued pharmaceutical companies and retailers from bribing people to take their medications or use their services to get medications or to promote medications. It's actually illegal to coerce people in regards to their health care. You are not allowed to influence someone's health care. Yet, for some reason, none of the media are referring to all the damn case law we have present that shows that what this administration is doing is impeachable. It is actually impeachable. Where are the senators, even the ones that are itchy in their human suits, to come out and say this is wrong? It is against our nation's law. We're not talking about Nuremberg codes. We're talking U.S. laws. It is illegal to bribe people in regards to their health care. It's clearly spelled out. Let me see if I can pull up the actual investigation um, for you guys to see it. Uh, The DOJ, um, hold on, DOJ, Walgreens, Pharma. Let's see. Okay, here we go. Walgreens chain. Let me share this screen for those of you that are watching, and I'll I'll read out uh, what it is. So is this the one? There it is. Okay. 
So I want you guys to see this because this is this is how you realize either your media has no idea what they're talking about or they just don't want to talk about it. And that's even more concerning. The case vindicates and protects the interests of consumers throughout the nation by ensuring that they remain free from undue influence by large retail chains when making decisions about pharmacies to entrust their own individual health care. The law prohibits pharmacies from using their retail clout to lure patients whose prescriptions are subsidized by the, this was a Medicare thing. Remember, if you actually go back, I've told you guys that since 2009, I've been filing on behalf of Medicare patients complaints uh, with the Department of Justice. Um, this is a big deal. And one might say, well, this had to do with a company having profit and, um, you know, making money of people selecting them for their healthcare needs. You're not allowed to influence. Um, and specifically, here is what Stuart F. Deleary, acting assistant attorney general for the civil division of Department of Justice said. This case represents the government's strong commitment to pursuing improper practices in the retail pharmacy industry that have an effect of manipulating patient decisions. I repeat. The case represents the government's strong commitment to pursuing improper practices in the retail pharmacy industry that have the effect of manipulating patient decisions. So where are your senators? Where are your congressmen? Where are your right-wing media that are so awesome and getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to give you the news? The people that you have on pedestals, where are you saying that what Biden came out and did is actually illegal? Where are they? Where are they? It is illegal. Words of the acting assistant attorney general for the civil rights division pursuing improper practices in retail pharmacy industry that have an effect, again, of manipulating patient decisions. Are they not manipulating your patient decision, right? As a patient, your decision to um, select if you want to get the vaccine? Aren't they trying to bribe you to manipulate your decision? Aren't they giving you tax cuts to manipulate your decision? Aren't they giving you $40 shit, sell your life for 40 bucks? I mean, at least lab rats get a couple hundred thousand, right? <laughs> when they uh, induct themselves in experiments. So again, why is it that no one has filed a lawsuit for this crime? Because we charged all these pharmaceutical companies millions of dollars. Uh, $7.9 million was to resolve false prescription billing case. That's not what it was doing. And that's what sucks. That title actually changed. It was called fraud and prevention. Uh-oh. Someone's changing things. So, again, this was already done. We have laws for this, and they are allowing the selected administration to do as they wish. And everyone's sitting there with their hands in their lap saying, oh, well, you know, he did say it, so um, it must be okay. What? No, it's not. It's really not. Newsmax put together a very good um, mishmash of the crazy spending spree that this 
selected administration, because definitely not elected administration, has come up and pushing. And it is the most insane thing I have ever seen. And everyone's sitting there, okay, they're calling them out, but what actions is anyone taking? Tori, what actions are you taking? Well, let me tell you something. Part of that key tam with the whistleblower, they had to be nudged in Illinois to do something. And not only that, I have filed thousands of complaints on behalf of elderly patients that were being bribed into taking specific medications for their health because they were new. So uh, I'm very well versed in this and I... Kid you not, yesterday, even though I was very busy, I had already started to submit my complaint to the Civil Rights Division of the Department of Justice, something I've been doing for over a decade for various other health decision, patient decision influencing. What everyone needs to do is take that statement and say, what's changed? Why are we allowing the White House to use their clout to influence patient decisions. That's against the law. It's illegal. Where are my legal scholars? Where are all these people that are for the people? Where are you? Talk about it. Let's do this. After four years of an immigration system rooted in destructive and chaotic policies, President Biden is taking the challenge head on and is building a fair, orderly, and humane immigration system. That's our objective. After coming into office, uh, our administration immediately jumped into action to address the influx of migrants at the border, something that began during and was exacerbated by the Trump administration. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki just flat out lying to the press today uh, in regards to what's happened at our southern border, a complete fabrication of the real truth. Republicans in Congress are not having this. We're joined now by Congressman Jason Smith of Missouri, who is scheduled to actually go to the border tomorrow. Uh, sir, thank you so much for taking the time. It's great to be with you, Rob. Good to see you. Uh, your response to what you just heard there from Jen Psaki. You know, let's be clear, Rob. Biden created this crisis. He denied it even exist. And now he thinks he can buy his way out. I mean, Biden's plan to send billions of dollars to citizens of other countries with with no strings attached is completely misguided and, and naive. And and what's even worse, he's sending money to some of the most corrupt countries in the world, again, with no strings attached. And that's that's clearly reckless. Yeah, this isn't a problem that you can solve by throwing money at it. You solve it by enforcing the laws and the books cutting the incentives for people to come to this country illegally. And you send a message to the world that when you come here, you come here legally. Yeah, absolutely. And you wrote a letter to Biden's budget office about the plans to increase these payments to Central American countries. We want to just put a small piece of it up on the screen here. Uh, it is worrisome that the administration's solution isn't to reinstate those policies or replace them with workable solutions, but instead to funnel more money to pay countries to dissuade their citizens to break U.S. laws. And, and sir, we have tried this before. This wouldn't be the first time we've tried to pump uh, the Northern Triangle with money to try and make it a better place to live so everybody doesn't come here. You know, it, it it's unacceptable. We've never pumped this kind of money. You're talking about $4 billion that, that Biden is trying to propose. What Donald Trump did while he was president, he understood what was needed, and he, he basically had strings attached and threatened those countries that the existing fund, uh, the existing resources that you're already receiving and foreign aid from the United States, guess what? If you don't work with us, we're going to take it away. And during his time, the money that was going to those 
those Northern Triangle countries, you saw a reduction of over 30%. And now, now Biden is just saying, hey, we're going to give you an additional $4 billion. No strings attached. We just hope that you're going to work with us. It just shows how reckless his behavior is. Right, and it just shows how we, we just give way too much money to our own government, and they, they're just stupid with it, as we know, as we've always known. Um, Kamala Harris was appointed as the border czar 40 days ago. She has done almost nothing on this. Today, she was pushing Biden's infrastructure plan in Wisconsin. But she did have a press conference early this morning on the root causes of illegal immigration. Let's take a listen. There are the longstanding issues, the root causes. And I'm thinking of corruption, violence and poverty, the lack of economic opportunity, the lack of climate adaptation and climate resilience, the lack of good governance. So now, basically, we're going to start talking about, you know, these climate refugees. And essentially, it feels to me that that the administration's their basic uh, their response to this is anybody that doesn't live in a country as nice as ours or anybody where the weather gets bad for a while and they have a drought like Central America has uh, is just allowed to come here. They're, they're accepting that. You know, this administration has no sense of reality and what real Americans are feeling. The fact that she's in charge of the southern border, of the border crisis, and has failed to even show up 40 days after she's had it shows that they have no real realistic expectation to actually solving it. The best way that they could solve the issues there is to, to reinstate President Trump's cooperative agreement that he had with the Northern Triangle countries. He could utilize the migrant protection protocols. He could in catch and release. Instead, they reversed all of that and they're saying, come to our country. We will give you free stuff. We will give you a $1,400 bailout bailout check that they got from the Biden bailout bill. It, it's yeah. it's it's crazy. You'll get free dental care if you cross over. This is not what people should be coming to our country for. They should be coming to our country for freedom, not free stuff. And now you're seeing the Washington Democrats like Speaker Pelosi passing two different amnesty bills throughout Congress just in the last couple of weeks. They are only creating a larger problem. Couldn't agree more. Um, switching gears real quick, just because I want to hit this question. Um, it looks like uh, Liz Cheney uh, is in trouble with the party. Um, what is the latest you've heard on this? It, it looks like they, they might try to get rid of her. You know, it, it the fact that we're even, the fact that you're asking that question and that we're looking at it shows that that there's some problems and it is a huge distraction. And it's something that the conference has to address. And I would say that whenever we return next week, that clearly we will have a family discussion and, and address those issues. There are a ton of leaders in our party. And what some people in the Republican party have a hard time to understand is, is that the, you, you judge leaders by how many followers they have. The largest and biggest leader in our party is Donald Trump. And whether you agree with him or not, That's what's Liz up. Cheney, he is the leader of the Republican Party. And she's going to have to she's going to have to deal with that. Mm, interesting stuff. All right. Heading to the border this week, Congressman Jason Smith of Missouri. Sir, thank you so much for the time. Keep us updated on the trip. Thank you, sir. Great to be with you. All right. Hey, I'm Rob Finnerty. Thanks for watching. If you enjoyed this. So President Trump is indeed the leader of the party, and they can't do diddly squat about it. If you're not on board with the party, um, 
leader, then you're not part of the party. And part of the party means to have the support of the people. But you know what? Even if there was no party, we would still be 100, 1 trillion percent behind President Trump. That's what would have happened. <laughs> they would have been out faster. But, you know, it's quite interesting how we see that a lot of people are pointing out things that are not making too much sense. Uh, it's, um, how do I, how do I frame this aside from that we live in the land of confusion and nothing is what it seems. And we just have to accept you must, this is how simple solutions appear. You must accept that you must compartmentalize certain things. You can't keep going down rabbit holes. You can't be talking about one facet of thing, even, even though they're all connected. I, I want to make this clear. They're all connected. The human, the child trafficking, the money laundering, the um, demagogue rhetoric, the deaths, the murders, the organ trading, the debt, the insane debt of our nation, which we are in debt. We are a debt nation. Who runs the debt of the world? We've talked about this for years now. And it's as if, you know, that's something people don't want to talk about because our media has trained us not to talk about it. The media doesn't sit there and talk about the IMF. Do you remember how President Trump just walked out on every single one of them in Canada when he was supposed to have the communique with the head bird lady of the IMF? People really need to take a step back because while you think the IMF has no business in your nation, you need to understand who owns your nation's debt. And just because they own our nation's debt doesn't mean our leader will allow them to utilize that against us because we created that fiat currency. We created the debt banking. We created them. Therefore, we can destroy them with the stroke of a pen. Now, not many people are on board with that. Not many people want that to happen. I've talked about money before. I've talked about how they're coming for everything. And I've even expressed to you the concerns that I have. And how do you walk that line, right? I had, I had gotten into cryptocurrencies a very long time ago, um, dabbled with it, learned about it, looked at the trends, understood what they were, because a lot of people just go into like these cult groups and look. Um, you know, I, I, I believe that whatever it was, God had me in that position where I couldn't uh, put investments. I couldn't, you know how pissed off I am that Dogecoin is now 60 cents and I wanted to buy it at five cents. But because of all this crap that I'm going through, they couldn't verify this, verify that, do this, do that. And it's like, I'm so pissed right now. So pissed. And now while everyone's talking, no, oh, they want to regulate crypto. I told you that shit years ago and they've already started it and they're making their own and they tried to push it with cares. What we need to do is make sure, right, make sure that we start paying attention to the fiat currencies and their value and how they're being used. Because when a fiat currency is being used in exchange for money later, like, hey, you could buy a car with Bitcoin, for example, right? 
that should terrify you because there's no way you can use cryptocurrency without it being regulated to purchase diddly squat. Um, so that's really, really important. It's really important. So um, we're in a bubble right now, a real estate bubble. If you're selling, good on you. Uh, if you're buying, sit on it for a second. It's all a trap. They want us in debt. You know, some of us may be luckier than others, right? Um, and it's all about timing too, you guys. It's all about timing. And when they pull the plug, if we revisit history, we see that everything we're going through happened then, except for what? The crash. Crash isn't there yet, but look at the difference between the Dow and the S&P. You need to be paying attention to the differences. You need to be paying attention to what they're telling you is valuable. Where they are focusing their value is what should tell you more about, you know, you should understand more on how they operate. How's that? So, um, it's, um, it's quite interesting. Lots of woke people, lots of woke stuff going on. Um, and the one thing that I noticed was that there was something super bizarre and I'm going to, uh, put something live so that I can make my point. Um, I'm going to share this with you. I'm putting it on the YouTube channel because I can't, um, I can't, uh, say it, <laughs> uh, do it in any other, um, way, but I think it's important for all of us to understand exactly who um, we're serving. I'm muting that for now until it starts. So I'm doing a premiere right now so you guys can see it. I've said this before. The question we need to be asking ourselves is who they're serving. I saw, can someone ban this guy off of Trovo, guys, uh, putting some really bad speech on there. Um, it's super bad. I don't know if anyone's on Trovo. Um, they're copy pasting, spamming. I know. Um, I'm going to try to get in there. Um, wow. That's some sick statements right there. Ah, Pete, seriously, can you give up already? Let's see. I don't see him anymore. Is he gone? He's gone. All right, he's gone. All right, good. All right, guys, let's watch this video together because what you're going to see here is understand who it is that um, is responsible for all this. Uh, yesterday, I went to the Manhattan, uh, Wuhatan, you know, site, and they were like, the who says, and it's like, who cares what the who says? The who isn't part of the United States. The who doesn't make policies for the United States. The WHO is a separate entity to the United States. Nobody gives a crap what the WHO says. If the WHO says everybody should jump off the bridge, they can all merrily do it because I'm not. They're not. <laughs> they don't talk to us. So Wuhatan constantly keeps thumping the WHO and nobody cares about the WHO. Now watch this. On this International Mother Hearst Day, all eyes are on the COVID-19 pandemic the biggest test the world has faced since the Second World War. We must act decisively to protect our planet from both the coronavirus and the existential threat of climate disruption. The current crisis is an unprecedented wake-up call. 
We need to turn the recovery into a real opportunity to do things right for the future. We'll make the biggest investment in manufacturing and innovation since World War II. Today, federal investment in research and development is at an all-time low. That's why I'm proposing historic research and development investment to sharpen America's competitive edge in new industries. As we spent huge amounts of money to recover from coronavirus, we must deliver new jobs and businesses through a clean, green transition. Second, where taxpayers' money is used to rescue businesses, it needs to be tied to achieving green jobs and sustainable growth. There's no more consequential challenge we have to meet in the next decade than the onrushing climate crisis. We'll meet this challenge by creating millions of jobs in a clean energy economy. Jobs that will ensure American automobile industry leads the world in manufacturing electric vehicles. Public funds should be used to invest in the future, not the past, and flow to sustainable sectors and projects that help the environment and the climate. We're going to make investments so by the end of my first term, we are going to be on an irreversible course to achieve net zero emissions, economy-wide, no later than 2050. Fiscal firepower must drive a shift from the grey to the green economy and make societies and people more resilient. In order to build back better, we have to ensure that all Americans have opportunities to generate wealth, especially communities of colour that have been historically left out of the benefits of an economic recovery. Fifth, climate risks and opportunities must be incorporated into the financial system as well as all aspects of public policy making and infrastructure. That's why I'm going to take on our successful Obama-Biden Small Business Fund and scale it up to 20 times the size so the black and brown small business owners have access to $150 billion in venture capital and low-interest finance. Greenhouse gases, just like viruses, do not respect national boundaries. We need to work together as an international community. Times are tough now, America, but we've been here before. We can do this. We can build back better. And I'm looking forward to getting started as soon as we can. We must do all we can to save lives and ease the economic and social devastation. Crucially, we need to draw the appropriate lessons about the vulnerabilities and inequalities the virus has laid bare and mobilize investments in education, health systems, social protection and resilience. This is the biggest international challenge since the Second World War. Yet, even before this test, the world was facing other profound transnational perils, climate change above all. But multilateralism is not only a matter of confronting shared threats, it's also seizing common opportunities. We now have the opportunity to build back better than in the past, aiming at inclusive and sustainable economies and societies. Over the past few months, momentum has grown for what I call a global green new deal to be so broad and to be so comprehensive because we are we are outlining the green new deal okay here we are this is the 15 million dollar mansion where antonio gutierrez lives and you see he's got two separate u.n security cars these guys are driving in and they're driving out no masks man check it out u.n car smoker no mask he's going in with big tony see this is not quarantine this is violation of New York City health regulations. He uh, is uh, currently away for two weeks. He will be back in New York uh, next week where he will be uh, working uh, from the residence in accordance with the, the quarantine procedures. Antonio Guterres left the city amid a pandemic, didn't say where he went. One assumes Lisbon, but who knows? All I know is that 
Oh, we've got some, wait, Big Tony's getting some delivery. He's getting some delivery. Joy. Big Tony's got joy. He's delivering joy. This is quarantine. Let's be honest. This is under quarantine. Antonio Guterres is violating New York City quarantine rules as we speak. He's got guys going inside with no fucking masks, bringing him joy. He's got some gloves. Also, he could go on vacation. Antonio Guterres is a, is a thief of public money. He's a criminal. He had the press thrown out for daring to ask. So who really won, runs our city, guys? Who runs our state? Who runs our nation? Who runs the world? Who runs the world? You heard it. Who runs the world? Do you really think it's the White House? Do you really think they have power? Again, who is in charge? That's right. That's right. It's not your government. Because they're all using the talking points of the United Nations. They're not talking American values. If you noticed, they said everything. The UN said, UN, CCP, you name it, same thing. They're just envious of the Chinese model, that it worked, that experiment worked. They got them into submission. And the reason it worked in China is because culturally, they're people that are submissive as a population. They don't rise up. They believe in knowing their place and having honor. And they believe that nobody cares what happens in this world. It's what comes later and you must live honorable. So it worked in the CCP. It's not going to work in America. Because our forefathers knew. They take advantage of your cultural nuances, which they broke by making this a melting pot. They take advantage of your religion, which they broke by separating state and church. So again, when you hear Saki, Chucky circling back with stuff, who's writing her talking points? It's definitely not an American. When Biden says things and build back better and all these corporations that are talking about change and building back better, do you think the Democrats are Americans? No, they're not. They're thumping foreign policies in our nation. This is the land where our first president crossed an icy river on Christmas Day to kill their enemy in their sleep on Christmas Day in the middle of the night. That's what's up. Big difference to who they have been able to keep under control. Africa, by depriving them of access to advanced technologies, by depriving them of access to power, energy, communications, information, and propelling them into the century we're at. So they got that. Australia, Europe, and the rest of Asia in the Middle East, controlled by either the crown or religion. And the CCP used their iron fist, one that has been going on for eons, to control 20% of the global population, which lies within their borders and vicinities. And what's left, the United States of America, that they cannot control through cultural nuances, though they try. There are people that are insane. My son-in-law was telling me, well, future son-in-law, same thing. He's, he's my kid. 
told me that he was in Minot, North Dakota, where he saw this truck with a big banner that said Black Lives Matter. And he saw the driver. Guess what the driver was? A skinny soy boy with an emo haircut. Like, what the? Seriously. So some people have fallen into that cultural slave mentality. The Karen culture. The I'm just doing my job. I actually met someone who said that they left their job at Bath and Body Works because, you know, they are all about Asian lives matter and you need to stop. And he's gay. And he's like, what about all the other minorities? Just the Asians matter. And then I don't know, was it Apex or Call of Duty for all my gamers? Live on a match, on an update that happened, guess what the screen said? Stop Asian hate. Now, I don't know if you caught the show with me and Millie where we were just talking because I was trying to get movie night going and just not working out for me. But what did I tell you during that live segment? I said, you know, it was Apex, wasn't it? Yeah. It says stop Asian hate. Pay attention, you guys. What was I saying during that live? I said, um, hey, I'm a little bit concerned. And Millie was like, oh, maybe it just looks like that. No, it wasn't my Korean or Chinese telenovelas that I love to watch because they're so cheesy, right? Where you're just like, you think sex is getting a kiss on the forehead. They make you feel like that. I kid you not. If you actually get involved, okay? Pretty sweet. Um, but it was, was it Black Ops? I don't remember. We were playing a game and it just came up. I'm like, oh, man. And Hera was like, yeah, mom, the update happened, so... It was nuts. Anyway, so my point is when I was watching Netflix, I saw all these new shows. One of them is called The Irregulars and the other one is called Bone Something. Hold on. Let me pull it up. Hold on. I'll pull it up because this is this is quite startling because you can see how they're slowly bringing it in. So we saw Netflix get dominated with all these Chinese and Korean telenovelas, but mostly Chinese. And I like them. I mean, Meteor Garden, if you haven't watched it, I... Yeah, it's pretty badass. Okay, this other show called Shadowbone. I've only watched one episode. Here's the weird thing. I don't know if the actors actually exist. I, I haven't looked who they are or anything. But both lead actors, the male and the female, um, looked like they were Asia-fied. Does that make sense? Like they've made them look more Oriental than Western. And that's okay. I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't have a variety of things, but what I'm trying to explain is that you're seeing a trend that these American shows and, and those coming out on mainstream TV and movies are pushing um, more Asia-centric type personas. That's what I'm trying to say. And so, you know, don't, don't, don't think that, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want to watch. I, I'm a big Meteor Garden fan. Loved um, the Chinese version more than the Korean, which was called Boys Over Flowers or something. I absolutely adore Oriental cultures, everything, right? But the pattern is, is that we're starting to see a lot of this being pushed on us, uh, either by graphics and Asia-fying actors. I'm trying to put that forward because they're still thumping on the whole Asian hate crime thing. When we know the guy in Georgia didn't shoot up people because they were Asian, he shot them up because he was a horny, ugly, soy leftist 
who didn't have enough money for the Asian prostitutes that were that were held hostage as hookers by the pimp and his wife. So he shot up all the hookers and the pimp and his wife. So basically it's Asian hooker lives matter, not Asian lives matter. You know, we should have been clear. And I think that's the first thing that I put out months ago when it happened. I was like, Asian hooker lives matter because it had nothing to do with Asian hate, but they needed to find something and they have no leg to stand on because the majority of the Asian hate happens from what? Racist people. And nowadays, who's really the racist? Yeah, that's right. It's the black and brown people being racist against everybody else. Not only white people, but black and brown people that don't talk like them. So let's pay attention to most of the hate crimes that happen against Asians are actually done by black and brown people. But those are statistics and that sounds super racist. So we can't say that we should be paying attention to what the facts are of things. And what I'm trying to explain to you guys is right now they are pushing this Asia centric focus. I mean, why are you knocking that up in my video game? Stop Asian hate. Like, I'm here to play a video game. Why are you popping up subliminal little pop-up messages to stop Asian hate? I'm not understanding. Is this what you want? To say that we're declaring war on just the Chinese? No, we're doing it against the UN. We're declaring war on anyone who doesn't, what? Allow us to be free. And our war won't be done with guns. We'll just disappoint you. We'll remove you. And that's happening. And people don't like that. Disappointing every single one of them. And thank God for President Trump, who's keeping the reins on the GOP. There's so much hate going around. So much rubbish going around. It's just insane. So any person we see that went against the president is now canceled by the people. But, you know, Arizona is going to give us a lot. And there's a lot more that's coming. Today, now that my children left, all night I will power through till tomorrow because I will be having a special guest probably on Thursday. You don't want to miss that show. Um, I will be dropping some serious Biden pieces some serious damning evidence, some serious stuff that I'm thinking, why isn't anybody else talking about this? Why isn't anybody else talking about how hookers, Hollywood, and pedophiles are actually the source of the reason as to what happened? Did you know that? Okay, so this is a hint. What if I told you someone that was responsible for having most blackmail on Hollywood? years ago, right? Years ago, years ago, years ago, spent over 15 years in jail because he had blackmail on Hollywood. And what if I told you that an FBI guy who isn't really FBI, but they're actually CIA, but they pretend to be FBI was actually part of 9-11. And what if I told you that that person who's a clown, but pretended to be FBI, you know, cause they do that. They come up with fancy titles like counterintelligence or high value intelligence or they're cops. They shouldn't be involved in any of that shit. But anyway, moving along, those are just fancy titles for, this is a spook undercover placed as an FBI agent, like Peter Strzok Jr. Right. Prime example right there. 
So this guy has a lot of answers about 9-11. Actually, even came out and talked about it. And actually was convicted of crimes, actually still works for the CIA. And guess what? How's I tell you that that person was responsible for the raid on Rudy Giuliani? Oh, yes, yes, yes. I did talk about Spain, and I told you, while everyone's talking, Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. No, oh, no, no, it's Spain, it's Spain, it's Spain. You'd be like, wait a minute, we haven't heard anything about Spain. Oh, but you will. But you will. But you totally will. And that's how things have to happen because so many other people have the same damn information, big reporters, right? Well, big according to previous standards because now they're nobodies. Everyone shows you exactly who they are, how thirsty they are, how they troll other, you know, people or whatever. <laughs> the rain in, wait, how was that? The rain in Spain, blah, 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 blah. I'm just telling you. This goes down to Spain and Rudy had stopped off in Spain and I'm going to tell you how things are happening. And I did say Spain and it has to do with that. And we talked, I think I said it with Millie and Gavin there. It had to do with Spain it has nothing to do with the King of Spain. It just all started there. And then, you know, what's funny is that, you know, when they did the dossier, and how they do these um, fake investigations to get warrants and do stuff. Well, what they do is they use sources that they're like, yeah, they're like, we have a source to verify. But they don't say that, hey, the source was actually tried by our Justice Department for accessing databases. And they shouldn't have. And they got in trouble for that. But because we couldn't have them work in the United States, we placed them overseas to do stuff. And then they got made. So they needed to make a deal because after they got with Giuliani, someone was like, why is Giuliani in Spain? Hmm. Let me take a look. Hmm. Sounds like he's an asset. Hmm. Let me ask my friend. Hmm. Let's all talk about him. Hmm. Now he's stuck. So he just cut himself a deal. Hmm. That's what's coming. I will work. It's, it's halfway done. I will work as hard as possible. Now, before we break for a moment, um, I saw this really great, funny piece, and I wanted to ask you guys, is Yoda Republican or Democrat? That was the Star Wars challenge of the day where we had Mike Carter again out in the streets of New York, <laughs> of Newsmax, asking people that very question. What do you guys think? Is Yoda Republican or Democrat? You think of which character? Yoda, of course, right? Star Wars Yoda. Go with me there. Uh, we wanted to know the most important answer to the most important question we could ask on May the 4th. Is Yoda a Democrat or a Republican? Republican. Republican. I'd say he's a Republican. Why would you say that? I don't know. He just looks like one. Democrat or Republican? Democrat. Because of the Green New Deal. Yoda, Democrat or Republican, what would you say? Democrat. Democrat. Uh, not sure. Not Mandalorian. I'm going closet Republican. I don't think Yoda's going to pay high, you know, give out a lot of free money to uh, public care. He's a Democrat. You know, Democrats are, are the Jedis and the, and the Siths are the, uh, the Republicans. Yoda, Democrat or Republican? Wow, it's amazing. My little partner. How are you? Good today? Don't be scared. I am your protector. Uh, well, he's very wise. He wouldn't be a Democrat. Is Yoda Democrat or Republican? Uh, 
think he's neither. He's like his own new, because it's like the old stuff is in the old Republic, so this is the new stuff, so anything's possible. Star Wars. Uh, I'd rather say Republican than Democrat. Democrat. Why do you say that? Because you don't have to vote for Yoda. No, may the fourth be with you. We don't talk about politics in this car. Whoa, wait a minute. Did you hear that? Democrat, because you don't have to vote for Yoda. You get it? You get it? Dude, that guy was so woke. Did you see how woke that answer was? Did you guys catch that? That was my favorite answer. Yoda, he's a Democrat because you don't have to vote for Yoda. That's what's up. Oh, my God. Did you see him? He said it like, yep, that's what's up. So I think by our very unscientific poll, I think it was about 65, 70% pro-Democrat in favor of Yoda. But uh, that seems obvious, as you remember from the package, the one gentleman, of course, Yoda's green, in favor of the Green New Deal. Right, guys? Yeah, and the naked cowboy. He didn't vote, I noticed. He just sang a song about it. Wow. All right. Good to see Times Square getting back to normal. Yeah, I'll say really. that. The people down there. Thanks a lot, Michael. Thank you. Well, thousands of you responded to our poll on Twitter asking if Yoda was a Republican or a Democrat. And here are the latest numbers. More than 86 percent said Yoda is a Republican and nearly 14 percent said he is a Democrat. We're going to have to look into our samples. Yeah. Right. <laughs> See, exactly. Yeah. Who was included in that poll? Well, one viewer weighed in, though, and I think you mentioned this earlier, yeah. Bob. Definitely a Democrat. He speaks in gibberish. He's <laughs> lazy. He grooms younger men to do his own job for <laughs> free. And he's also green, like the green part. Yeah. You just watched Newsmax TV, America's fastest growing. So what do you guys think? I think Yoda's a centrist, Right. And Jedi mind tricks. Uh, maybe he's a reality hacker, but a good one, a white one, you know, a white hack reality hacker. That's what I think. Um, but yeah, that was a uh, that was pretty interesting to listen to their logic about it. You know, oh, he's green, so green deal. And but the best answer was Yoda's a Democrat because you don't have to vote. You don't vote for Yoda. Um, you know. You don't have to vote for him. That was super based. So I thought I, I really need coffee since I was rushing. And I thought I could play a song that someone put together that has lyrics. So I wanted to put it out there and play it for you guys. So let's see. Here we go. Let me pause this. This is user created. I actually like the lyrics a lot. So look at the lyrics, because a lot of people when I was playing Simple Man by Upchurch were talking about other things and didn't listen to the words. It's always about the words, you guys. Always about the words. I'll see you guys in just a bit. Memory of how our freedom was won, faith 
Like fireworks smoke on the horizon And I'm searching for someone who empathize But everyone around me closes their eyes So I walk alone down these once bustling streets Without seeing the smiles on the faces I meet Cause these masks suffocate every breath of light that once made this place the world's brightest sight Now no one can speak words that have been spoken for years Without being blamed for bringing groups of strangers to tears When did the law of the land become You can say what you like If some politician tells you it's right Cause the ones that we enable through the choices we made are now Drunk on the power that made us their slaves And if we don't take it back now, it won't ever be fixed Because 2021 is the new 1776 Roadblocks and red tape all around me What the hell has happened to the land of the free When our words fill us must we then turn to stones and sticks And take back our home like it is 1776 Sleep can you see through this darkest night? Cause I for one have been blinded to the beacon of light That once guided those before us under these spacious eyes When liberty awaited anyone who was willing to try Now I'm tired of being told we don't deserve what we win and that we only view one another in terms of shades of skin And being branded with the sins of our mothers and fathers They'll do the same to our sons and our daughters Cause the ones that we enable through the choices we made are now Drunk on the power that made us their slaves And if we don't take it back now, it won't ever be because 2021 is the new 1776 Roadblocks and red tape all around me What the hell has happened to the land of the free When our words fail us must we then turn to stones and sticks And take back our home like it is 1776 There is no years from now Cause it grabs the choice right out of our hands We are all gonna drown in a swamp of ice Unless we finally take a stand Who would have thought 245 years from then We'd fight the same damn war over again and I don't want to burn it down for all to see but if that's what it takes will you stand with me now it begins the war is raging all over again 
Will you take the risk? We're in the fight of our lives. This is our 1776. Pretty cool, right? I just, you know, some of these lyrics are just, well, all of them. The lyrics were just incredible um, and quite interesting. I thought we'd start the second half off with calling out the wannabe personas. And who better than, I like Mark Dice. He's salty, but I like him. Take a listen to this. Conservatives have gone soft. It's obvious they want to keep cashing those primetime paychecks and don't want to ruffle too many feathers with the higher-ups. Like Greg Gutless's take on the Derek Chauvin verdict who agrees with all counts, not just involuntary manslaughter, but murder. Or Jesse waters it down who just yesterday said that there was nothing wrong at all with the CIA's new recruitment videos and he wasn't being sarcastic. But what they say off-air is even more revealing. Or when they think they're off-air, like Ben Shapiro at the end of a recent live stream, which he thought his producer had ended, but it was still going, and some quick viewer decided to record the strange conversation that he had with his producer once he thought he was off-air. So, we are indeed done here today. I have an appointment I gotta get to. Thank you, guys. It's great to see you, and I will see you here next time. One thing on that episode, yeah. I don't know I said pansexual, pansexualism is weird. Can we just cut that? I can ask. That'd be great. Before it's reposted? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we could... Um, it's like a 10-second bit. It's about halfway through. It's just on pansexual. I'm like, that's kind of weird. Like, you don't... You like everything? Like, yeah. No, just, and like, you want to get rid of that? Yeah, it's just, it, like, it's nothing, but... So when you... When you finish... I mean, it is weird that you are attracted to every single thing. Yeah. Wait, when no you finish... No taste at all. I thought that was a funny bit. It is a funny bit, but that's why I'll get boycotted. Notice he wasn't concerned about getting a community guideline strike and having the video taken down, censored, because he doesn't have to worry about that. He is exempt from the rules. He's in the club. He was concerned about getting boycotted, losing a sponsor over too harsh of criticism of poor Demi. Poor Ben doesn't think he could afford to lose a sponsor, even though he's worth well over $10 million and could retire today and him and his family could easily live in luxury for the rest of their lives. Kids' college funds paid for, buy a summer home in Lake Tahoe, you name it, he's got the money. But now we know what line Ben won't cross in order to make a few more dollars. He won't call a liberal behavior weird. That's obviously weird. Next, he'll probably endorse incestuous couples as long as they just promise not to have children. That's just two consenting adults. It's not my place to make a judgment. I don't want to get boycotted and lose any sponsors by calling it weird. This from a guy who became famous by telling college kids that there are only two genders. <laughs> I guess colleges are so oppressive these days that if somebody dares speak that aloud that they're considered to be a hero or something. Wow, he said there are only two genders. He's amazing. What is amazing is watching him get challenged by somebody who's not a freshman in college. You put claims that society is turning honestly, its back on Judeo-Christian values. Yeah, this well, is, what are those values? What, considering what, what are the values it's turning its back on? I, I you know, I, I'm not inclined to continue an interview with a person as badly motivated as you as an interviewer. So I think we're done here. I appreciate your time. All so right. Thank well, so uh, thank you for your time and uh, for showing that anger is not part of American political discourse now, Mr. Shapiro. We'll say goodbye. <laughs> Conservative Inc.'s greatest debater runs away from his first real debate. And now Mr. Limited Government wants the government to coerce, if not force people 
to take the new coronavirus vaccine. He recently tweeted, quote, vaccine demand is dropping, particularly among the young and among minorities. To reverse this, we should tell people they can go back to normal if they get vaccinated. This is precisely what Biden refuses to do because continuing COVID panic is his lever for change. I've never liked Ben, and quite frankly, I find it bizarre that so many people actually do. First I'd ever heard of him was when he was championing his never-Trumpism for the Republican establishment and joined Michelle Fields to perpetuate her hoax on how Trump's campaign manager at the time, Corey Lewandowski, tried to grab her arm and throw her to the ground, and then the security footage got released, and that got debunked. Remember that? Of course, that was just the beginning, and then after Trump won the Republican nomination, little Ben doubled down and warned that Trump would hurt conservatism if he were to beat Hillary Clinton. Will Trump hurt conservatism if he loses badly? They said Goldwater did, but Nixon got elected four years ago. I mean, I think that he's already hurt conservatism pretty badly. I, my concern is that, and one of the reasons I'm not voting for him is because I'm concerned that he hurts conservatism if he wins. To me, if he loses... So let's define conservatism, you guys. What is conservatism? What is What does Ben Shapiro stand for? He stands for vaccines and mandating them and telling people they get freedom only with vaccine. Doesn't sound like conservative. Because for some reason, here we go with the thing that I like to say, damn those definitions. Conservative means that I'm careful. I don't overstep. I conserve what my founding fathers, the framers, intended. So what part of his speech is conservative and why is he entitled to speak on behalf of conservative to the rest of the brainwashed people that are watching this? See, conservatism, true conservatism, is ensuring that we adhere to the foundations of this nation. And that we are careful in not overstepping and impeding on other people's rights. So here's where we define conservatism again. Is Ben Shapiro a conservative? No, he sounds like a chipmunk version of Joe Rogan. Okay? Joe Rogan is actually cooler than him. Okay? He reminds me of Glenn Beck when he came back after being spanked by the agency. Right? He reminds me of the fake Mark Levin. He reminds me of a lot of fakers. Conservatism, for some reason, according to self-proclaimed conservatives, is being a rhino, being someone that's a Democrat, but is controlled opposition. So this idiot actually spoke on behalf of everyone, perpetuates leftist theories. <laughs> that's how it goes. So let's take a listen to more. I, I mean, a lot of people don't like Mark Dice. I don't know why. You know exactly where you stand with him. I support him. Me and him exchanged one thing. He asked me for a copy. I had two Newsweek magazines. Uh, was it Newsweek that had Hillary Clinton on the cover as Madame President? And he asked me for one. And, you know, that's going to be worth a shit ton of money in the future. But I was like, why not? I like him. And he was like, I'll send you one of my books. And it was like, that's, that's not a very good deal, but I'll take it, whatever. <laughs> Cause I like him. Um, he says it like it is. 
Um, he's only on YouTube and I like the fact that he's still there and alive and he sells funny t-shirts. So every now and then I'll go and support him when I can, right? To buy a t-shirt. I buy his books because um, I like him. He's straightforward. And a lot of people think, eh, I like him. He is a centrist. He's not a conservative. He's not a leftist. He's not extreme anything. He's right in the middle. And I like his salty ways. Loses. Uh, I think that he hurts conservatism less in some ways because there's been a repudiation of, of some of the things that he believes and says. He even wrote this article titled, No, Trump isn't going to save the Supreme Court, and warned that if Trump became president, he would appoint liberals to the Supreme Court. And don't even. Wait, but let me just tell you so did Mark Levin. Mark Levin was talking shit about President Trump all along. The only reason he became pro Trump was to sell books and make money. That's the way it is. People need to be more careful and paying attention when someone says one thing and then shifts a little bit and then goes, you know, down this way and that way. That's that's really important. You have to be consistency in the message is key. Don't even get me started how there hasn't been a war in the Middle East that he hasn't salivated getting America involved in while he armchair quarterbacks and cheerleads it on. Oh, I'm not done with this clown yet, so stay tuned. But real quick, subscribe to my channel if you're new here because if this is your first time watching my channel, obviously you need to hear more. So subscribe to the channel and check back here on a regular basis. And don't give me this crap about how he supposedly voted for Trump. Wait, I want to stop. Someone said I'm off about Mark Levin. Uh, no, I'm not. Mark Levin and I had heated debates on Facebook in 2016. He was so upset that I was calling him out that, you know, he banned me from his Facebook page. Okay. Cause I was telling him, what are you doing? People aren't even giving signs The people. This is, I'm talking September, October of 2016. So stop. It's just about them selling books and making money. Okay. That's the way it is because he was totally against every single thing that president Trump said until, you know, springtime of 2017 when he saw he was in there and he wasn't getting out. So Mark Levin, I don't trust him. I don't like him because he's flippy flops, flippy flops. He never turned out to say, you know, I was wrong in my thought all his life. He's been talking about stuff that the rhinos talk about. Okay. So let's get that straight. He was all about the Benjamins, not about the constitution, not about freedom. So flippity floppy stuff not my cup of tea. You're either consistent on who you are and that's the way it is because talking just to talk with no foundation of your own means you don't even know yourself. So if you don't stand for something, you stand for nothing and he stands for absolutely nothing, right? Wait, if you don't stand for something, you fall for everything. There we go. That's what I wanted to say. And he falls for everything. He will go just as the river takes him. The minute the conservative bandwagon, you know, <laughs> decides to step away, that's it. All right, let's continue this. In 2020, because when somebody of his influence, who is supposedly as gifted as him, was actively working against Donald Trump in 2016, effectively handing potentially tens of thousands of votes to Hillary Clinton, that's somebody who doesn't deserve any respect or whose political analysis is permanently flawed.
But it's not just Donald Trump that he has a warped view of. He called Ron Paul alt-right and anti-Semitic. Oh, you don't believe me? Well, then you must be a new viewer then, because I always have the receipts. Here's a tweet from when Ron Paul was running for president in 2012, when little Ben said, quote, Ron Paul is manifestly insane, as in previous debates, he is now gripping the pen as he would the neck of a Jew. And here's a list of 20 different people or news outlets that he tweeted that the all-knowing little Ben says are alt-right, including Ann Coulter, Donald Trump, Pat Buchanan, and Ron Paul. Oh, and Alex Jones. The list goes on. This is who conservative college kids across the country think is a genius. <laughs> I would call him a moron. I'm popular and no one has ever heard of you. Come on, you say he's not a moron. Well, obviously you didn't see him shopping at Home Depot recently when the liberals got it trending on Twitter saying that they were going to boycott Home Depot because they wouldn't issue a public statement denouncing the new election rules, election integrity laws in Georgia. And so he decided to go and shop at Home Depot to support them and... He's probably the only person on the entire planet who puts a 36-inch board in a plastic bag at the self-checkout. All right, as you can see, I just went shopping at Home Depot. You should do the same. This wood, this board, this magnificent piece of poplar is now mine. And yes, I know he did the self-checkout because no Home Depot employee would do this. I'd be willing to bet that that was his first time in a Home Depot. I doubt that he even owns a screwdriver. I don't even think he would know the difference between Flathead and a Phillips. He's the kind of guy who probably failed shop class in middle school, or come to think of it, he's more of a home ec type of person. In fact, I think the Miss America competition was always stupid, right? I'm the guy who, when I was a teenager, used to unsubscribe from the swimsuit edition of Sports Illustrated. When President Trump invited hundreds of social media personalities to the White House two summers ago for the social media summit so that we could all meet each other and network together, Ben complained about it and said that it was a horrible idea. Why are you having a bunch of people who are at the very least deeply controversial to the White House in the first place? Like There are a bunch of people who are at the White House in this particular group of folks who were basically, I mean, have been involved in conspiracy theorizing. He's bringing a bunch of people who ought not be at the White House to the White House. It's, it's dumb and, and frankly, it's wrong. Well, I'm glad that you weren't there and you wouldn't have fit in anyway because it was a bunch of independent social media personalities who built our followings organically instead of being bankrolled by billionaires like you. Seriously, in case you're not aware, once he quit Breitbart, he was bankrolled by the Wilkes brothers. He'd rather hang out with people like Mark Zuckerberg, who invited him over to his house or one of his houses for a secret dinner to assure him that he wouldn't be censoring him from Facebook at all. Oh, you didn't know that Ben Shapiro had a secret dinner with Mark Zuckerberg to discuss those things? Well, you must be new to my channel, so just make sure you're subscribed here so I can help get you caught up. I would actually be shocked if he didn't also have a secret meeting with YouTube CEO Susan Wojcicki, who can be seen here saying that he doesn't need to worry about anything because, of course, he's perfectly safe. <laughs> my son, who's uh, 13 years old, um, started watching Ben Shapiro videos, and he's okay. like the gateway drug to the next group. And then it goes right to Jordan Peterson. Then it goes down. And in three clicks, he was at neo-Nazi stuff. It was like astonishing. And then I had to listen to it at dinner.
there's a set of content that has to meet the community guidelines. Ben Shapiro is going to meet the community guidelines. Have you noticed that he's never been censored from social media ever? He's never had a post taken down for violating community guidelines on any of the platforms ever. Because he always toes the establishment line and doesn't make too many waves. He supports gay marriage. He supports gay adoption, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, you don't think that he does? You think that I'm wrong? Do you need me to pull out another receipt? Okay. Just last summer when somebody tweeted to him, criticizing him, thinking that he was against gay marriage, he responded by saying, quote, I've been libertarian on same-sex marriage for years before Ogerfell, but you couldn't bother to Google. Ogerfell is the Supreme Court case that decided that issue. Ogerfell versus Hodges. So right there, when he's libertarian, meaning he doesn't care. He agrees that it should have been legal. Of course, that was just leftists getting their foot in the door so that they could then open it even wider to things like child drag queens, drag queen story hour, etc. I could go on and on, but just talking about him makes me want to vomit. And I won't even get into how one of his employees reached out to me and asked for a review copy of one of my books and said the review's coming next week. And then it never got published. And then when I DM'd him and asked, hey, what happened? Then they unfollowed me on Twitter. You wouldn't have happened to have canceled that review using your editorial powers, would you, Ben? That's okay. What would I know about social media censorship? I've only been on YouTube for 15 years. And if you want to support my channel while it lasts, then get yourself a Free Speech Zone shirt, a Trump's America shirt, an I Love Global Warming tank top, or any of my awesome designs, all available in a t-shirt, long sleeve, and a hoodie, and now one tank top at least. For now, you know, I should reach out to Mark to just hang out with him on my show together. I think we'd have a shit ton of fun. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, but I wanted to showcase that to you. Why? This is one obvious plant. But a few of you mentioned a few others in the feed. And I don't want you to mistake in that the people that haven't been censored, because I have, but I skirt the lines. I'm very careful. I've been demonetized. They constantly strike me. Uh, they constantly come after me. I mean, they go after old videos. I recreated Paul Harvey's and they called that hate speech. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll come after everything, right? Everything. Um, but you have to, you know, keep it, keep it nice and clean. And the thing is, they can't find anything where I'm extremist because I'm not. I don't promote violence. I actually was the one that didn't even want to go to the rally to see my president, but I knew I had to be present for my president. So, you know, and if you use the right digital camouflage, you're fine. <laughs> but a lot of people that have been banned are also just like little Ben Shapiro's. They only sound a little bit different. So, you know, they kind of pet your ears to tell you that you were right about this and right about that. Um, and that's the problem. The simplest answer is the easiest one. If every facet of your life is being psyoped, so is your information. Yesterday, I introduced you to Antarctica. In there, what I did was put together a lot of information. 80% of it was very accurate. 80% of it was very, very accurate. And that misinformation or benign videos of people just, let me show you around, gave you a lot more information if you paid attention. 
Many of you saw the outer locked door with a child's handprint on it. Many of you paid attention to the shrines. Many of you paid attention to the pipes. Many of you paid attention to the things that are not said. And that's what's important. I like to give information. I can sit here and tell it all to you. But unfortunately, you've been conditioned to not seek the information yourself. You either take it as it is or dismiss it because it isn't backed by others. Hence why I use others' videos, audio clips to open your eyes to what's really going on. Because there's a lot that they say that they're not saying, but what they say is pointing to the unsaid. I hope that helps. And again, going back to how woke are we? Because <laughs> Ben's super woke. Newsmax hosts test their wokeness. Now, I'm bringing a little bit of humor because we're going to be getting a little bit dark with a little bit of celebrations too coming, just saying, um, to the forefront. So I think we should laugh a little here. This is host and producer of The Real Talk with um, Fernando Uribe uh, and professor at Bergen Community College. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, guys. I appreciate being here. Now, Fernando, I think you actually have some questions for us, right? Yes. You know what? It is National Teachers Day. And I want to, you know, I'm, I, I work in academia and I'm surrounded by liberals. When I find out how woke both of you are, especially with a really, really short quiz. So let's kind of get to it very quickly and let's okay. see how woke both of you are. So number one, how do you feel about manspreading? A, it's a real problem. B, people should give each other space. Or C, it's complete nonsense. What do you nonsense. say, Heather? It's three. complete. It's more than complete <laughs> nonsense. It's incomplete okay. nonsense. It makes no sense. So, far, okay. so number two. Should, should transgender people be allowed to use the bathroom of their choosing? A, I don't feel comfortable with that. B, make all bathrooms gender neutral. Or C, of course. I'll say number one. <laughs> I don't want to know that much about you. I just want to go in and use your <laughs> men's room. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Number three, should women be allowed combat roles in the military? A, yes, women are equal to men. B, but held the same, held the same standards as men. Or C, no, women are weaker. I say number two. Yeah, two. I go with two. As long as you're to the same standards. Yeah, same standards, but you can if you can do the job, do the job. Yeah, if you're on your period, well, don't take uh, the gun. I have a surprise about the quiz here in a moment. Number four, should a baker be forced to make a wedding cake for a gay couple even though that they no, don't agree with no, gay marriage? No, no, a, no. yes, no. B, maybe, or C, no. No. Uh, let's see. No. Oh, I'm, it's easy. No. Right. No, I mean they can find somebody else to make it. I mean, yeah, no. and I know that that disagrees with with the wall <laughs> right now. There are people paying fines. Uh, Look you know, at the other for one. It, but can no, you see? Can be forced. Can you see the yeah. It's a private enterprise. For goodness' sake. that's what I was going to say for sure. Okay, all right. Mm -hmm. Last but not least, do you think young children should be given the choice to become transgendered? No. and receive hormone treatments. A, no. yes, it's their body, their choice. B, wait until they're adults, or C, no. 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 Yeah, I'd go wait until you're an adult, make whatever decision you want. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's ludicrous for kids. They, they're still developing psychologically and mentally. Heather, Bob, I have to tell you, you you're know what? Woke. This is probably one quiz you're going to be ecstatic about failing because you are <laughs> the least woke people probably walking. So you've got an F on this. <laughs> <laughs> out there that's thinks that they're woke. Thank you very much. 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 
guys, you know, both of you are pretty on the money on your answers. And uh, again, I'm pretty sure you're happy about filling this quiz altogether. So what does woke really mean? See, woke was supposed to be like, I'm awake. I can see. Now they've taken woke and re and they took that. Remember, I said it's all about the words they use and the definitions. They use other words like, you know, <laughs> now everything's harassment. Now I'm offended. Now I need distance. I need my me time. You know, uh, there was a time, you know, when uh, right after the elections, my kid is hilarious. I have to say. Phoebe has some comedic timing that's hilarious. I just remembered this and this was so funny. So um, it was right after the elections and Trump had won and we were at the supermarket and uh, she needed to get some school supply thing. And I was home. So I was in the supermarket with her at Walmart. We were by the um, stationary section and a lady saw that I was wearing my Trump beanie, right? The inauguration beanie. She was like, he's such a racist. Do you know what Phoebe did, you guys? She took like the whole rack of crayons. I didn't even see her do it until she, she actually did it. She took like this whole stack of like 64 box crayons and put it in the lady's cart right there. And I was like, what are you doing? She's like, Oh, Oh, it'll help you. If you color, color therapy works. I was like, Whoa, that was so wrong. But that was actual wokeness. That was using her woke self of color therapy to just, she just, you know how, when someone clears the shelf and they just put their hand in the back and then they swipe something into their cart. She did that to the lady's cart. She just went up to the crayons and whoosh, dumped it in. And she was like, what are you doing? She's like, this will help you. Color therapy I hear helps with feelings. And I was just like looking at her, like, what did she just do? And it was hard to register. And I started laughing so hard. The woman was so offended, but you know what the woman looked like? She looked like your average, you know what, before, well, for me for a long time, but for you guys, before all the 2015 effery, right? And the whole Crayola revolution of color therapy and hurt feelings and, you know, what are those places called where you can go and pay someone to hug you so you feel better? You would see a woman like that with, um, you know, boots, jeans inside, farmer shirt, hair back in her 50s as someone that believed in American values and hard work. Dude, she was the biggest Karen on the planet. So um, that was actually a funny story um, that I just remembered. I just I remember the shock on my face because the lady's cart was right in front of mine. And she's <laughs> just like she stuck her hand in the shelf and just whoop, all these crayons. Uh, it was the most hilarious thing ever. Yeah, safe zones, uh, free speech sections only on college campuses. This has all changed. They've taken our words and used them uh, and weaponized them. So that's like really, really important that we understand that. Uh, I was watching a video this morning when I was driving around everywhere because um, we forgot this, we forgot that before my daughter left. 
where this man just went to uh, a library. I don't know where I saw it. He went into a library and I was listening slash watching while I was driving. Um, he went into a library to exercise his, uh, you know, first amendment rights. And so he walked in and the librarian was like, you can't film. He's like, yes, I can. Our He's like, I don't care. This is a public library. I pay taxes. This is it. And he won over all the Karens, all of the police that were, that came in, in the end, he won because he was right. And that's, what's important that people understand their rights and use their words. The guy was very nice um, to the police officer, even though one of the police officers were like, will you stay here? He's like, am I being detained? Why do I need to stay with him? Well, until we sort it out. And it's like, he knew that, you know, the minute you give him that authority and you submit erroneously, you've lost, right? You stand your ground correctly and, um, you know, you stand tall and firm. You shouldn't let people, um, tell you how you must respond according to whatever rules they want to make. It's wrong. But how do we move? Well, starting tomorrow, there's a lot of things that are going to be coming out. Um, I think my guest uh, will open up a lot of um, conversations as well. But one thing that I want you to know is that the CIA is now the PR firm for Barack Hussein Obama. And we noticed that someone drove their car into the CIA, right? Supposedly. And we also know that the CIA, for some reason, has most recently, just in a couple of days, uploaded a video on their YouTube about Barack Hussein Obama from 2011. And the question is, why now? Well, word on the street is, is that they want to put him up for SCOTUS. Oh, you think I'm joking? Watch. Over 100,000 patients in America are waiting for an organ transplant. Some are urging lawmakers to reform the rules to increase transplants, while a few counties in Virginia are telling their residents not to travel to China for their organ transplants. Tuesday, the House Economic and Consumer Policy Subcommittee chairman examined the nation's system for securing organ transplants for patients. Too many Americans, over 107,000, are on an organ wait list. Too many, 33 every day, pass away before an organ becomes available. All right. So we talked about this. A couple years ago, I wrote an article about organ harvesting and how they lowered the age of consent to become an organ donor to 14 in the state of Illinois. Whose life is more valuable, theirs or yours? If you were in the hospital on a transplant list to get a liver, and so was Nancy Pelosi, and you both laid claim to it, who do you know in your heart would take it? Would it be you or would it be Nancy Pelosi? I want you to understand how these organs being harvested are important too. I want you to understand lowering the age of consent so that when children get their driver's licenses and they are children, they can choose to be organ donors. Do you think if your child is in an accident, something totally fixable, but someone like Biden, someone like Kamala, someone like, I don't know, the CEO of, um, what was that company that got that organ? I want to say Microsoft <laughs> needs your kids' insides to survive. 
Do you think they won't tell you that your kid is dead? Don't you think that they will make your kid dead? Oh, Tori, that's a conspiracy theory. Well, we did that whole show about Fauci and the NIH, how they targeted single black women and told them they had AIDS when they didn't, told them they, they were HIV positive when they didn't, which means that the hospital, the doctors and the nurses or the pathology department that did the testing was in on it or someone had access to their system to change the results told them that they had HIV so that they can test drugs. And that was over 10 years ago. So you think now that can't happen? You trust your doctor? I don't. You trust your nurse? Heck, I don't. My nurse is stupider than my doctor now. Nurses used to be the ones that were really, really smart. The ones that knew everything. But they're the ones thumping this whole COVID bullshit. Because if you tell someone a lie often enough, if you constantly bang it out, if you constantly push the concept, then so be it. You will accept it as truth. That's the problem. If it's a pandemic, you don't need to keep reminding me it's a pandemic. People will just be dying. If the vaccine's so good, you don't need to bribe people to go get it. You don't have to force people to go get it. You can't tell them in the land of the free, you can be free again if you take it. That's not the way it works. So do you trust them when they're talking about organ harvesting and your kid ticking off that card? Shit, I don't even trust it on mine. I've already sent information to my kids that I'm an organ donor if I want to, and they assess it so, and if I say so. But sometimes I say I'm not an organ donor. And that's what I'm going to say publicly. I am not an organ donor. Doesn't mean I ain't. Right? I ain't. Doesn't mean I am. It means I decide. But they want to be legally covered to force organ donations. The number of available organs for transplants does not meet this demand. In the U.S., on average, only 37,500 organs were transplanted annually in the past four years. That's why many patients discouraged by the lengthy wait time have gone abroad for transplants. But over the past decade, reports have uncovered that the Chinese communist regime has been killing prisoners of conscience to supply its organ transplantation industry. So the Chinese have been doing this. Do you think that happens in America? I mean, honestly, take take a moment and think about this for a second. Do you think that in the United States that prisoners and other people or homeless people aren't harvested for organs? What do you think the human trafficking is for? Do you believe? Because there's a lot of organ transplants that happen on the side. Again, if they lied to people to tell them that they were HIV positive so they can test out medications, would you not believe that they would be able to take those organs because they need them? That's something you need to ask yourself. Many of the harvested organs come from people persecuted for their beliefs, such as Falun Dafa practitioners. Also on Tuesday, lawmakers in Culpeper County, Virginia, unanimously passed a resolution to educate people about forced organ harvesting in China. Experts will inform the county's 50,000 residents about the risks of traveling to China for organ transplants. Culpeper County wishes to raise awareness and to stop local residents from engaging in organ transplant tourism in China. Since this January, over 10 counties in Virginia 
have condemned the Chinese regime's practice of forced organ harvesting. So a little county, listen to that carefully, and this is why I'm playing this. A small county in Virginia started the conversation. A small county in Virginia wanted to hold them accountable. A small county, a county, not your senators in D.C., not your congressmen, not your governors, but a small county. Where have I told you the most power lies? That's right. It's in your freaking backyard. And that's what's important. If you are in your community and you are retired or believe that you have the time to dedicate, and it doesn't take a lot, to get elected somewhere in your city, in your county, do it. Don't sit there and wait for someone else. Do it. Your county, your city is more powerful than you know. They think that the D.C. dictators and those that go there are important. They are not. Remember, a pyramid is built on a foundation. The bottom of that pyramid is you and your community. So the buck stops. So as it trickles down, that's where you're like, yeah, so I'm going to knock that off and restart this over again because I'm not liking what's on top of me because you're at the bottom of that pyramid. So again, a little county called them out for forced organ harvesting, but we do have that in Brazil too and Guatemala and Ecuador because if you do go on vacation and you hang out with the locals, you might end up in a bathroom with a scar on your side because they've just taken one of your kidneys. True story. Texas state senators unanimously passed a resolution condemning communist China's practice of forced organ harvesting. A transplant specialist from a Texas clinic explains why this resolution is necessary. So a little county in Virginia started the conversation, making it more counties in Virginia. And finally, state legislators of Texas were like, Virginia's on to something. We're going to do this on a state level. When does it go to federal? I don't think they're going to talk bad about China because, you know, hashtag stop Asian hate. NTD's Allison Lee has the story. We need to get this out there. We need to stop this practice. Texas Dr. Howard Monsor is one of the witnesses who testified before state senators about forced organ harvesting in China. Ten years ago, he had a patient who had liver cancer, but multiple transplant centers in Texas turned him down because his chance of survival was too low. The patient then went to China, saying he has some connections there. At that time, I had no idea what was going on in China and how these organs were being harvested, and neither did he. At least he didn't express any idea that this was going on. He just wanted to live. He ended up going over and getting the transplant. The patient came back to the U.S. but still died of cancer eight months later. Since then, Monser learned about the Chinese communist regime's practice of forcibly extracting organs from living prisoners of conscience. He now says he would have warned the patient about it had he known about it back then. He says he believes desperation drove that patient to unknowingly be part of the horrific practice. We all like to think we're moral individuals, but when we're faced with death, you know, we'll try anything. And we really have to um, protect our people from going over and doing this. And we really have to punish the people that are participating in this. The doctor explains, while organ donors are traceable in the U.S., in China, the authorities don't reveal the patients where those organs come from.
but many around the world still visit China for organ transplants because the wait time is significantly shorter there compared to the rest of the world. Since testifying to the Texas legislature, Monser has talked to many fellow Americans and many in the science community about forced organ harvesting. I'll sit down and tell people what's going on in China, the look on people's eyes. People can't believe it. People can't believe it. That's going to be the challenge to get people to believe this because it sounds so horrific. In 2019, an independent international tribunal concluded that forced organ harvesting has been taking place in China for years and on significant scale. Reports of the disturbing practice first emerged in 2006. Prisoners of conscience, in particular adherents of the spiritual practice Falun Dafa, are believed to be the primary source of organs. Monsor says we need to raise awareness about it, not only because it's immoral, but also because Americans must understand the mindset behind a regime that would do such a thing. That says more than just the fact of transplant. That says what this government really is that would do something like this. And that's a, that is, to me, a having an understanding of what they are, what they're, there's obviously no morals there. Monser believes the Chinese regime's immorality is also a threat to Americans. He hopes the resolution can encourage medical professionals to warn their patients about forced organ harvesting in China. That way, they can both protect Texans from unknowingly partaking in such a practice and help curb the practice, he says. Allison Lee, NTD News. An annual motorcycle ride honoring fallen and missing war heroes has been denied a key permit for the event. The ride set for May 30th over Memorial Day weekend has organizers looking for alternatives. NTD Steve Lance has more from Washington, D.C. For the past 30 years, veterans have been gathering for an annual motorcycle ride through Washington, D.C. over Memorial Day weekend to remember the fallen soldiers killed or missing in battle. But this year's ride, Rolling to Remember, hosted by AMVETS, might not happen. Of all government agencies that have to sign off on the permits, the least likely of all has denied a permit for the group, the Pentagon. This particular permit would be used for the staging and meeting point for the event. The Pentagon told Joe Cinelli, the national executive director of AMVETS, that it was because of the CCP virus that they would not issue them the permit. But Cinelli says his organization has put in the safety measures needed to safely carry out the event. This year, we've we've spent months on developing a safety plan. We feel that it's uh, very confident that we're able to have a demonstration outdoors. He says that being outdoors and the nature of motorcycles in size provides plenty of distancing. Really, all we are looking to do at this point this year is to ride motorcycles around the National Mall past our National War Memorials, um, past the White House and the Capitol building, and just um, be heard on Memorial Day weekend in our nation's capital. The average motorcycle is eight feet long, so the social distancing is built in there. Uh, we have other plans that we had proposed. According to Cinelli, they have received conditional approval from nine out of ten agencies needed to complete the event, with the Pentagon being the only one to have denied them. However, the Pentagon is key as it will allow them to properly and safely set up for the event. Uh, but of those 10 agencies that we would initially work with and work with on a year-to-year -year basis, uh, the Pentagon is the only one who has told us that we were not able to demonstrate. 
um, on their property. Chinelli told us that they are still focused on moving forward with the event and that they are working with other agencies to try and accommodate them. Steve Lance, NTD News, Washington. Hundreds of police officers left the Washington, D.C. Police Department in the last 11 months. The D.C. Police Union says the police reform bill needs to be changed to prevent losing more officers. Since June of 2020, the D.C. Police Department has lost 326 police officers. About half resigned and the rest retired. But homicides in the district are up 36 percent this year. The D.C. Police Union said in a statement Monday that the police reform bill has a negative impact. After George Floyd's death, the D.C. Council unanimously passed the emergency bill last June. The bill prohibits police from using tear gas, pepper spray or rubber bullets to respond to protests. Under the bill, officers are required to release their body cam footage within 72 hours of an incident. And people with police misconduct cannot be hired. The D.C. Police Union criticizes this bill for putting officers in danger and making their jobs harder. There are 3,623 members remaining in the district's police department. And Senator Josh Hawley said today big tech has an incredible amount of influence on both sides of the aisle and that the free speech Americans enjoy now depends on the whims of monopoly corporations. Senator Josh Hawley is a strong supporter of breaking up big tech companies to avoid monopolies. He was also the first senator to object to President Biden's Electoral College win on January 6th. Because of Hawley's position, publisher Simon & Schuster dropped his upcoming book, titled The Tyranny of Big Tech. Shortly after Regnery Publishing, a publisher of conservative books, acquired the work. The book was released on Tuesday. You know, one of the things I'm concerned about, and I write about this in the book, is the incredible amount of influence these companies have on both sides of the aisle, unfortunately. And we saw them try to leverage that influence in the last election with the incredible amount of money. Senator Hawley also suggests withdrawing Section 230 immunity if big tech companies engage in behavior such as advertising or censoring based on political views. Currently, Section 230 provides immunity for online platforms from civil liability based on third-party content. On Wednesday, Facebook's oversight board is expected to announce its biggest decision yet, whether to reverse the platform's indefinite ban on former President Trump. Holly shared his view on the matter. It's sad that right now in our country that the free speech uh, that Americans enjoy basically depends on the whims of monopoly corporations. I have no idea how this board really operates. Nobody does. And this is the Facebook Supreme Court, as Facebook has sometimes called it. You know, I don't think any one company should have this kind of power over speech, over data, over news and information. Senator Hawley introduced two bills recently. One aims to strengthen antitrust enforcement to pursue the breakup of dominant anti-competitive firms. The other aims to restore accountability and competition to big tech. Currently, the business practices of Amazon, Apple, Alphabet, Google's parent company, and Facebook are still being scrutinized by Congress. According to a new poll by Investors Business Daily and Technometrica, a majority of Americans support breaking up the four tech giants to prevent monopolies. 64% worry about their limitations on freedom of speech and expression. So we're seeing a lot of this um, big corporate, big corporate. They're your daddy. They're in charge of everything. And if they can't be in charge of everything, they will make sure they can be in charge of everything. Because that's what has to happen. Now, I wanted to take you to 
something that a lot of people didn't watch and I didn't play it. I was just hoping that someone would have mentioned it, but they were talking about red flag laws in regards to guns. I don't know if you guys missed it. Uh, the Senate committee talked about gun violence and red flag laws. And um, I want you to listen to this snippet. With mental health issues, I was going to start out by talking about the Indianapolis situation, but the Senator Blumenthal already covered that very well. So I will move on to a fact that earlier this month, tragedy stuck uh, when a 25-year-old man rammed his vehicle into the security barricade just mere steps from this chamber. As we all know, this man's actions tragically took the life of U.S. Capitol Police Officer Billy Evans. And let's not forget the other day, the guy ran into the CIA with his car. All the Capitol's attackers' exact motives is unknown. Social media profiles indicate the man was a follower of a group that reportedly holds racist, anti-Semitic, anti-LGBTQ beliefs. It's uh, too early to tell if those beliefs motivated this man to commit the act of terrorism. But what is clear is the man was struggling with mental health issues. Today, we're talking about red flag laws. I think that we should be looking into... Hold on. Take a listen carefully. Red flag laws. If someone thinks you're crazy because they said so, and who's going to be the one that says so, right? You're not allowed to own a gun because they said so. So how do they label most conservatives? Crazy. How do they label people they don't like? Crazy. How do they label the conspiracy theorists that were right all along? Crazy. So I want you to listen to this really, really carefully. Possible solutions for gun violence. So a hearing is the right thing to do. And so I thank you for having this hearing. I do think that red flag laws are generally a state rather than federal issue. I also want to state my strong belief that any state that does decide to enact red flag laws should do so with strong due process protections uh, to safeguard an important constitutional right. And I just heard what Senator Blumenthal said about those strong due process laws and just want to make sure that they're always followed. But I also want to say that red flag laws are scarcely the only option for ensuring the persons with mental issues are prevented from engaging in violence or self-harm. Uh, so I turned to some legislation I put in that has bipartisan support called the Eagles Act of 2021, a common sense piece of legislation building upon what the Secret Service successfully does uh, over a period of decades. This bill carries the namesake of Parkland, Florida, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School mascot, the Eagles, and it's a tribute to the 17 Eagles who tragically lost their lives three years ago at the hands of a fellow student who long struggled with severe behavioral problems and mental health problems. And if he'd been sent to. So what is mental health problems? Let's let's define this because now they're going to define it for you. Anything you say that isn't widely accepted is now a mental health issue. How does that make you feel?
Anything you believe that others say is nuts. Maybe you're a Jehovah Witness and you believe that taking blood products or having baby parts in you is crazy. Well, guess what? You've just been red flagged. Let's say you walk into a store and you decide you don't want to wear a mask or a hijab or whatever else they want to put on you. Maybe a locket or a chain. Or you refuse the vaccine. Guess what? You've got mental health issues. Working as... Senator Graham and I have done for for quite some time over the years to adopt a, an approach that is as inclusive. Now we're going to listen to you, none other than Senator Cruz, the man in the human suit, and he definitely looks itchy in it. And every innocent life that is lost is unique and a tragedy. I can tell you in Texas, we have seen far too many mass murders at the hands of deranged and sick individuals. I was in Santa Fe the morning of that shooting. Santa Fe High School is less than an hour away from my house. I was in El Paso at the Walmart after another mass murder. I was in Midland, Odessa after yet another I was in Dallas, where five police officers were murdered by a deranged radical. And I was in Sutherland Springs, in that beautiful sanctuary, where a monster murdered innocent women and children. I care deeply about stopping violent crime, and gun crime in particular. I've spent much of my adult life in law enforcement, trying to stop violent criminals who prey upon the innocent and working to ensure that they receive the most stringent punishment. It's abundantly clear. If the objective is to stop violent crime, restricting the rights of law-abiding citizens doesn't work. In fact, it typically makes crime worse because when you disarm law-abiding citizens, you make them more likely to be victims. Two years ago, when we had a hearing on red flag laws committee, I said at the time that those laws could potentially be part of the solution set at the state level. And I still believe that. The state's are laboratories of democracy. They are the proper place to debate the substance of red flag laws. We shouldn't be imposing a federal standard or putting the federal government's very heavy thumb on the scale with coercive grant programs, especially when 19 states in the District of Columbia are already experimenting with these laws. But I also said, and continue to believe, that even at the state level, laws must be narrowly targeted to those who pose an extreme risk while simultaneously giving full force to the fundamental rights of all law-abiding Americans. Many of the state laws that have been implemented fall short of this standard in one or more ways, and none of the Democrats' current proposals come close to meeting it. Rather than taking a measured and respectful approach, radical gun control advocates see red flag laws 
as a way to open the door to comprehensive gun control. Now, what he's saying is the federal government shouldn't be involved. It should be on a state level. Why? On a state level, we actually have control over what they do. We've said this before. You have more control in your backyard than you do on a federal side. So, Mr. Itchy, I agree. If they want to make concessions where they should say no red flag laws should exist, because then you have to define, you have to define what mental health is. Not even a psychiatrist can define that shit. Most people, the most successful people are the most demented people there are. So are they not allowed to have guns either? Is every soldier that's coming out of the military with PTSD disallowed to have a weapon? Is a woman that has been abused not allowed to have a weapon? Is a man that has been abused not allowed to have a weapon? Is the child that was abused and grows up not allowed to have a weapon? Well, it kind of sounds like nobody's allowed to have a weapon. So the question you should be saying is, all right, obviously people don't have cojones, even when they're wearing their itchy suits. To say nobody should define that. Instead, they're passing the buck to the state. And the state is you. And you better make sure that those state positions that you can easily remove, replace, and place yourself in their spot are taken by you. Because if they get in and they make laws, you're done. You're done. Now, let's go back to cryptocurrencies uh, because just like I said, here's where it's happening. Good evening. Great to have you with us. The S&P Dow Jones has launched a new series of indexes for cryptocurrencies. It could move digital currencies like Bitcoin and Ethereum one step closer into the mainstream by bringing them to the trading floors of Wall Street. There are three new indexes, including the S&P Bitcoin Index, S&P Ethereum Index, and S&P Crypto Mega Cap Index that aims to track the performance of both coins. The company says the list will expand to include more coins later this year. Bitcoin has seen a wild rally in prices after backing from big companies like Tesla and Bank of New York Mellon. Its price, however, has come off record highs, but Ethereum, it touched an all-time high today, rising above $3,500 for the first time, and Sotheby's auction house says it will accept Bitcoin and Ethereum in a new art auction, just the first for a physical art auction. It says bidding for the famous Banksy work is estimated at $3 million to $5 million, and the buyer will have the option to pay with crypto. The auction house has teamed up with crypto exchange Coinbase for the sale. And since crypto is known as volatile, to say the least, Coinbase says it would help manage price fluctuations during the auction in New York next week. Now, Pfizer's first quarter financials around in its COVID-19 vaccine has proven to be an extremely profitable investment. It accounted for over a quarter of its total revenues. Vidish Khan Fredrickson has the story. Pfizer rakes in $3.5 billion in revenue from its CCP virus vaccine alone. That's almost a fourth of its entire first quarter revenue. They expect over 20% of that to be profit. We can make you know, approximately 2.5 billion doses this year. We can take that up to 3 billion doses next year. And that's what we're really focused on, right? Getting those made, getting them delivered, and getting vaccines into patients' arms. Second place goes to blood-thinning drug Eliquis, with worldwide revenues of $1.6 billion. And third goes to Prevnar 13, a children's vaccine that helps protect them from bacteria at $1.3 billion. 
Pfizer expects the vaccine to continue bringing in revenue, with people getting second shots after the first. However, they haven't been very open on vaccine pricing. We know the U.S. pays almost $20 for each dose, but we have no idea what the EU pays. I really want to not get into detail on pricing, other than obviously there's certain contracts where we disclose what the price is. In terms of um, the way I think about this, what we're really focused on now is getting doses to the patients that need doses around the world. So two things to take away here. So you guys know, I, the only thing I got is stellar lumens and stuff. And I checked my Coinbase because I do have Coinbase um, every now and then. And what I do realize is that now they're trying to put their fingers in that pie, which means that they have the right to destroy it too, because they didn't get in on it early. So that's number one. Number two, what did we say at the beginning of the show? bribing for profits. There are your profits. So what you have to look at is how can we get our senators and congressmen to file against the uh, um, Biden administration for enriching senators and congressmen all have Pfizer stock. Oh, yes, they do. And banks to be pushing and bribing citizens to take vaccines. That is what's most important. On that note, guys, I want to wish you a fabulous evening. Tomorrow, we're going to have a super party um, <laughs> with a great guest, I believe. I will have this guest tomorrow, and we will be talking some really inside stuff that nobody really has talked about. We'll talk about Spain and how it rains in May, stuff like that. So on that note, God bless. Stay focused. Focus on your community and your local government. And um, remember, it's all about what you're willing to do. And I'm pretty willing to do whatever it takes to make sure my nation remains the way it should have been from day one of its inception. See you tomorrow. Falling too fast to prepare for these. Tripping in the world could be dangerous. Everybody's circling his vultures. Negative, nepotist. Everybody's waiting for the fallen man. Everybody's praying for the end of times. Everybody hoping they could be the one. I was born to run. I was born for this. Whip, whip, pull me like a racehorse. Pull me like a ripcord. Break me down. I wanna be the slip, slip word upon your lip, lip letter that you rip, rip, break me down, build me up. Whatever it takes, cause I'm.